0: Ho ho ho! What day is this? It's Blockbuster Film School Day. Three Santa Claus, two Die Hard, and the Blockbuster Film School. Ho
1: ho ho! Ho ho ho! Now I have a machine gun. Hey everybody! You have entered the Royal Academy of the Blockbuster Film School. The weather outside is weather. It is crimbus time. And that's right, you have your two favorite film historians, slash Santa impersonators, slash people not allowed oh. in the mall anymore. You are joined, of course, by your favorite professor, Mr. Nicholas Souter.
0: I've always had a machine gun. <laughs> that's true. You didn't have no. to you didn't have to take it off of no. a well known ballet dancer. I, I did. <laughs> I didn't have to. You didn't have to but you did. I kind of gave it to him and then killed him and then took it back. <laughs> As is traditional. Yeah, it's always good to have an extra set of fingerprints on a machine gun.
1: It's always nice to have a Christmas tradition as well. Yeah. You know, just something you do. You kill a ballet dancer and take his assault rifle from him once a year. You know, it only comes once a year, as they say. Or if corporations had their way, it would come every single month, every single time. I'm Alex Bonner. I am your other co-host of the Blockbuster Film School. We are doing... A holiday episode. Jingle bell sound. Choo, 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 choo. I can't do jingle bells. I don't know. <laughs> Brian will put that in, in post. Super producer Brian Teps will put that in, in post. We're not just doing a regular Christmas episode. We're doing it with a little blockbuster film school flair, which is we are doing a VHS Christmas. Ooh, Soon. How retro. Yes, which means it had to have been a Christmas movie released on VHS. I suppose it could be a sort of, I'm not going to be weird. <laughs> it could be a Hanukkah movie, too, if you want and Brian just left. <laughs> it could be a semi-Jew Christmas movie if you want. And Brian just cut that out. <laughs> Isn't that what everyone calls Hanukkah Jew Christmas? All right. Anyway, so. And I just walked out. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be hashtag woke. Okay? For the love of God, don't make any Kwanzaa jokes. <laughs> Honestly, that's a pretty good idea, though, making a really dope Kwanzaa movie. Oh, my God. This is a solid idea. Why is no one thought of this? Like a really funny, really awesome Kwanzaa movie. Uh, Brian's giving a thumbs up, but I disagree. It could be awesome. It could be great. So we are doing VHS Christmas, which means that we're basically discussing Christmas movies that came out like up to the early 2000s. We're not doing remakes of The Nutcracker, which is a it's a stomp. It's a genre. Yeah, but it's like a stomp balls fetish porn movie, right? That's what The Nutcracker is. Yep. (laughs) Everybody, that was Blockbuster
0: feels School. That's the end. Thanks for coming out. Happy holidays. (laughs)
1: Nick, what was kind of the first big Christmas movie or any Christmas movie that you remember watching?
0: It's not the actual first one I've seen, Mm. but the biggest one in my household growing up was definitely National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's unavoidable. We watch it every year. I am lucky that my family has a demented, devilish sense of humor. They never let anything go that I've ever said once, nine years ago, I said, this house is a circus. <laughs> they bring it up every visit. <laughs> so, they hold on to things. That includes Chevy Chase falling off a roof, and the shitter's full. Yes. And um,
1: Also, did you see worry. that the uh, here in Chicago, Illinois, where we're filming
0: from, da, 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 da,
1: Chicago, Illinois, on the highway system we have, we have a thing that basically tells you to wear your seatbelt or do something, and it said, Cousin Eddie says... Twitter is full. Put your phone down, yeah, and I good. appreciated the Chicago ness yeah. of that. I also have that Chicago Bears hat. That uh, so does my dad. <laughs> so
0: yeah. it,
1: it was issued to us at one point. I have a remake of it as well. That I is a little more stylish, but I genuinely enjoyed that old logo and everything about Christmas vacation. I appreciated very much. And we'll we'll get into that. We'll get yeah. into. Bend over and I'll show you. It wasn't talking to you. Also, um, Chris Columbus, he was initially the director on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and Chevy Chase was such an asshole to him that he quit.
0: Chevy Chase isn't <laughs> a kind man?
1: Shocker. He's, he's never had anything weird said about him. He's never no. hes never behaved insanely in any way. And we're going to bring out our first guest, Dan Harmon. <laughs> Everyone from SNL that he worked with. Lord Michaels. Yeah, I fired him. But we'll get into it here in a second. Um, what was yours? That George C. Scott Christmas Carol was on television. I sort of remember that. But I think the big one, the first VHS copy I was really shown as a child, the Bill Murray Scrooge oh, was yeah. legendary in my household, was watched over and over again. When he saw his mother, Niagara Falls. Like, I, <laughs> when Brian Doyle Murray comes, was is it a choo-choo it's six pounds of veal <laughs> scrooge is now part of me yeah. i think about my life and how it kind of matches
0: up to scrooge a little bit it's weird also the thing that like that movie is so good mm-hmm. the background stuff sticks with me every time i see a cross i think of because his name is yeah. frank cross and that. Yes. there's like a thing in the background as well cross something you nail people to <laughs> That sticks with me. And then the joke that got funnier and sadder when I got older was when he was freaking out about seeing the first ghost. Mm. And he's just like, Stoli, Russian vodka, poisoned by Chernobyl. <laughs> Didn't get it as a kid. Right. There are jokes in that movie
1: that a kid could understand, like him getting hit in the head with a toaster, which I, I would rewind it and just him getting whacked in the head with a toaster. But then kind of later registering the bath towel, bath towel, yeah. v- VCR bath towel bath towel, your own brother your
0: only brother <laughs> i
1: just i but we'll get into that we'll we'll go also, real fast yes. shout out to alfrey wooder yes a hundred percent a hundred percent and the entire murray clan being in that i think it's yeah. the only one where they were all together other than that stupid golf show they did on comedy central oh, once Christ. but i think yeah his kid brother is literally his kid brother in it and brian doyle joel? yeah joel murray and uh Brian Doyle is his father. Yeah, <laughs> that's creepy. Who spookily may have been doing an impression of their actual father, which the meta of that movie, too, and so spooky. But we'll go into that. It's just a kind of light dissertation on Hollywood being obsessed with Christmas. It's something we've we've talked about, something we were talking about earlier. There are many reasons. Hollywood, a money manufacturing system. Mm-hmm. Christmas, a money manufacturing system. When combined, oh,
0: shit. Just like the
1: biggest capitalist orgasm. Plus, Christmas lights look good on screen. Christmas trees. Yeah. There's a weird thing where Santa Claus is sort of a weird mascot character, and it works on many levels. He can be a benevolent superhero, but also if Santa Claus gets kicked in the nuts, that works, too. People enjoy that. You know, there's...
0: People of Santa (laughs) facepalming some kid and shoving him down a slide. Yes.
1: Yes. And... At least in American culture, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, you register the Christmas season and everyone has some sort of relatable story towards the Christmas season. And the weird thing that Hollywood loves, which is schmaltz and the fake love love of chicken fat (laughs) and the fake love of family and the fake love of redemption and the fake love of, you know, a Jewish carpenter wizard being born. I'm not entirely sure. And since its inception. It's not quite as early on as horror movies or action movies or dramas with, like, early black-and-white movies, but Christmas movies appear pretty quick after as a genre, and particularly right after World War II, when there's sort of a boom, same thing, American economical boom, plus Christmas, people are getting Christmas gifts, and they want to watch movies and it is now time. And I think the one that everyone kind of remembers. Also, I think everyone's had a little element of It's a Wonderful Life ingrained into them in some way, whether you've actually watched it or not. I genuinely love that movie. It is the schmaltiest thing that has ever schmaltzed. It is. What you, I'm going to say something
0: controversial. Say it. I can't stand that movie. Mm-hmm. It has that
1: polarizing effect, though. Maybe more so than may- a lot of the Christmas movies we are going to talk about. It is such an American tradition where it comes on television on Christmas Eve.
0: And whether you like it or not, you, you, you... also you remember, we're old mm-hmm. enough to remember. Mm-hmm. Tep's is too. Before Turner bought the rights to that movie. Fucking. It's a wonderful life. Yeah. was on every station yes. every year all the time. Now it's just on TBS. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: you're right. You're absolutely right. And then in response to that, every channel now has a Christmas movie that they play. Ooh, the Christmas story, Charlie Brown Christmas. Everybody has something that uh, my personal favorite, though, is that FX plays the original Star Wars trilogy over and over again to be like, uh, and suck our dicks. So, but <laughs> FX, a Disney company. <laughs> yeah. Now, mm. yeah. RIP. R- R- Uh, I I mean, I apologize, Disney overlords. I am Allegiant to you. I am Allegiant, Disney Mouseketeer number 35617. But (laughs) take the other two from this podcast. Yeah, I swear, Allegiance. Way to buy in. (laughs) Exactly. Well, there are a lot of great black and white. Not great. That's the wrong word. There are a lot of early Christmas movies. I have not seen most of them. It's Wonderful Life is kind of the big standout. Most of them, if you could imagine, are like schlockier and more saccharine and more, oh, I love you at Christmas, daddy. You got out of prison. Like, it's the cheesiest bunch of shit. The one that really stands out to me, though, is if you've never seen White Christmas, I like to watch it once a year. I think White Christmas is way better than It's a Wonderful Life. I'm going to toss it out there. It's way more fun. If you've never seen it, Bing Crosby, Danny Kay. It's honestly like kind of an awesome story. It's a musical, but it is a diegetic musical like the blues brothers or Oh Brother Where Art Thou where all the musical numbers make sense in the story. And it's about Bing Crosby plays the former commander of this unit in World War II and he's fallen on hard times and his old unit wants to do something nice for him. So they want to put on some crazy thing to let him show off that him and Danny K are awesome dancers. It's crazy. But it's really good. And I know ben Crabby, um was a real piece of shit in real life, but he's real good at singing. And Danny Kaye is one of the more underrated, in my opinion, movie stars of all time. He is a singing, dancing, hilarious machine from an era that people wouldn't normally associate with being awesome. So I just want to toss White Christmas out. Of our early stuff before we get into true VHS Christmas, because that's still kind of early when those movies came out. You would have to show them on a projector. And yes, there were VHS copies, but we're kind of getting into really the 80s and 90s. That's where there was a boom. Reagan sold off everything. So everyone had money. And then the Clinton sold off even more stuff. So everyone had even more money. And How's
0: that working out for us now?
1: It's, uh, we don't have any more stuff to sell, so, uh, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Can
0: I, just, can I borrow some money?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: You're a producer, don't produce Yeah, you're a money. producer!
1: Give us some nice Christmas, you bastard! Oh, that's right. He's a vampire. He doesn't celebrate Krimbus. No. Just uh, the
0: darkness. <laughs> yes, 70s, I can't really think of any. We mentioned this before, mm-hmm. you did, uh... Christmas movies after World War II are to no Christmas movies (laughs) after Vietnam. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about this. It's sad. But the 80s, there is a
1: resurgence. Christmas movies come back with a vengeance. I didn't mean to do that because we'll talk about there's a movie. Because also they start to incorporate Christmas into movies as like a motif. They're not necessarily Christmas movies. There will be some. But we'll talk about some of those. I think kind of one of the first ones, and we should just talk about it, Die Hard. So where do you stand on Die Hard being a Christmas movie, Nick? What is this film? Uh, it is the Reginald Val Johnson
0: classic. Oh, R.I.P., by the way. Is he dead? Didn't he just die? He was just in that documentary about it. I still hope he might be alive. I so, literally just thought I saw something where it said R.I.P.
1: Super producer Brian Tepses is looking it up right now. Yeah. While we go into it, we he, can cut he all He types
0: at the speed of a bat flying through mm-hmm. the night. <laughs> Brian.
1: Brian is LinkedIn. He's he's not even really typing. He's just using no, the chip inside of his head to- Is he alive? <laughs> yes, okay. Yes. He was also a Chicago cop in a, telev- in a television show about Urkel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> he's my favorite Chicago police officer. They should put him in charge of the cops now. <laughs> just make Reginald Bell Johnson yeah. in charge of the Chicago police. That is a joke only for Chicago people.
0: Here's my stance on it. Yes. And a spoiler of the Blockbuster wall. Mm-hmm. Not only is Die Hard a Christmas movie, it yeah. is my fucking favorite Christmas Ooh, movie. Ooh, I... Coming I, out hard. Coming out fast.
1: There's another 80s one that I would only put above it, but it is very high on there. I love that movie. I was shown that movie as a child. I probably shouldn't have been, but I love my dad and, and both my parents, really, because they were... Nice save. They save. But... My dad was kind of really the driving force of this movie's fucking awesome and you guys need to watch it. (laughs) So definitely remember Renting Die Hard and it has more Christmas motif in it than maybe a lot of like the ho, 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 I have a machine gun Yeah, and it's also John McTiernan. We'll do our John McTiernan episode, it will be dope, but that it could have gone off the rails. There's a lot of really cool documentaries made about Die Hard and about how in the 80s at that time the idea of an action hero who was hiding and running for his life and not just kicking the shit out of everybody like Stallone or Schwarzenegger and that it was Bruce Willis from Moonlighting was regarded as this really weird
0: thing, but it works. It It works. works. You know why it works? Mm. Because Alan Rickman's first film Yes. He is the most charismatic villain in the 80s. Yes. I'm going to say one of the top five of all fucking time. He's Mm. amazing in it. Mr. Tagagi. You care about him. Yes. Because he's so amazing. Mm -hmm. Also, he has the Christmas spirit. Theo, you asked for a Christmas miracle. I give you the FBI. (laughs) Also, that's something McTiernan added to the script. They were originally
1: just terrorists, and McTiernan was like, No one likes terrorists. Right. And this is true Um, across the board, whether they are white supremacist terrorists or who, it doesn't matter what kind of terrorist they are. No one likes terrorists. But thieves have a certain movie cachet where everybody kind of secretly wants to rip off corporations and be smarter than the cops. And it's kind of a fun fantasy. And that was McToonen's idea to be like. What if they just pretend to be terrorists, but really they're thieves? Asian Don. <laughs> and lots of cool stuff. There's so much cool stuff in that movie. And and the fact that it's so Christmassy. It's at a Christmas party with a bunch of yuppie dildos. Yeah. Then Rickman comes in and scares all of them, shoots the most coked up yuppie dildo. There's so much to love in this movie. Hans, baby, put the gun away. I'm not a method actor. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, though, it is about family.
0: It is. It's about. That's what all these fucking mm-hmm. Christmas movies push on you. They are. It's like. The better ones actually make it work. Yeah. I love Christmas, but it 100. bums me the fuck out every year. Always has. So you watch these Christmas mm. movies and it pushes a lot of these Christmas agendas on you. Yes. These Hallmark moments. And <laughs> bye. Sorry, that was a subliminal message for Blockbuster Film School. Buy our merch that's non existent. <laughs> um. But yeah, you have all these things, people are pushing on you, all, and like you could be sitting with your family and not really digging it, yeah. but you have Die Hard, and that's enough to get you through New Year's. I
1: agree. That's a very interesting point, and also that it's something that the 80s would do a lot of, which is action or comedy being added to the Christmas movie even more so, because like you said, Christmas is a weird, conflicting thing where it is both, for a lot of people, something they really love, but also something that has a lot of... Baggage attached to it, so if you make it actiony or funny, it kind of relieves some of that tension, and then you can just Hollywood style slip in the family stuff or the the buying stuff would come a little <laughs> a little later. In the eighties, they still were kind of we just we just need people to get asses in seats. We don't care. We're gonna kind of cruise through this because I got to tell you, there are I think uh, six hundred seventy five million Christmas movies I think made in the eighties and nineties. Possibly there is
0: one Christmas movie for every year that Christians are denying dinosaurs existed and the earth existed before God <laughs> created it all so it's just it's like they're trying to like offset the balance right are you talking about
1: those fake bones that the Mormons buried in the earth in 1929 yeah. that's right I know I'm on to you I mean I'm on to you
0: Mormon teeth are so big they might have eaten those off of like giant <laughs> ribs or something. That's very and then possible. Him in the sand. That is
1: true. Mitt Romney did destroy Toys R Us as well as KB Toys, so you can yeah. thank him and Bane Capital. That fucking piece of shit. Anyways, so I'm going to go into one, which is kind of the next one for me, which is also genre bending. And my spoiler alert: one of my favorite ones, which is the Joe Dante classic Gremlins. And I love Gremlins. These are kind of back to back right away, as I think. If you've never seen Die Hard or Gremlins. You just need to pause the podcast, or maybe listen to it during it a little bit, but you need to watch those two movies. They are they are classics, and they made genres that did not exist anymore. They, uh, Die Hard created the action Christmas, and it, it also made the Die Hard genre, which is truly a thing that yeah. is, like, die-, die Hard
0: on a bus, <laughs> <Yeah>. Die Hard <laughs> in another building, yeah. Die Hard on a cliff, <laughs> Die Hard in space, Die yeah. Hard, yes, exactly. It's just die, die Hard on a boat. Yes. And die I- Hard on a boat with... Tom Lee Jones and Steven Seagal. Right. When he gets still bend, (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. And Gremlins, I feel like Joe Dante really emerged and, you know, Steven Spielberg produced and created this genre of spooky Christmas comedy. It's it's not really ever going to truly scare you, but it has spooky elements. It has monster gore to it. It has things that, same thing, you... You're a kid. Christmas feels a little weird in some ways. Here's all this wild shit going on. Gremlins wearing pageboy hats and <laughs> shooting stuff and going nuts. Plus, the gremlins are truly this weird transcendent thing that is so 80s that kind of represented our generation of children a little bit of these crazy, now self-aware commercially obsessed kids who are getting wild.
0: Gremlins are just what grew up to be drunk hipsters now. That's all it is. Wait a minute. Is that, is that us? Oh no. Pause the recording. We have a meltdown. <laughs> um, you're
1: right. And also I got to show gremlins to a friend of mine for the first time ever. And The Phoebe Cates monologue that is in Gremlins is one of the greatest pieces of ironic humor that has ever existed. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but just know, also Phoebe Cates looking angelic, Judge Reinhold being classic 80s douchebag, just Mike from Breaking Bad being one of the moron cops, Dick Miller being Joe dante Fucking Dick Miller. Fucking Dick Miller. I mean, just Corey Feldman being... Right on the cusp of true Corey Feldmanness, yeah. and this is pre-molestation. It is true. I, I think. I don't know. You never know. What child actors. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But. Also, maybe the biggest star of the 80s was an animatronic puppet named Gizmo, who was a mogwai who was on a lot of lunchboxes, who rivaled Arnold Schwarzenegger in terms of lunchboxes and
0: coloring books that he was in. He was so iconic, he launched a shitty Scottish band <laughs> yeah, into true. notoriety many years later.
1: Icelandic? Either way. Cold people. Mogwai? Mogwai?
0: Aren't they Scottish? <laughs> well, that's a different that's podcast. Right. <laughs>
1: Brian temps like mugway. It's okay. Yeah. We
0: we got you, Brian. We got you. <laughs> also, you know how like Lucas went back and changed the a Ridge trade, and then yes. Spielberg went and changed all the fucking shotguns oh. to walkie-talkies and, and e- changed it back. And ET, yeah. I always wanted to make Poltergeist a Christmas movie, so that when the skeletons came out of the pool at the end, they had Christmas hats on. <laughs> I think we can make that happen. Craig T. Nelson is
1: just uh, wearing like <laughs> Christmas ornaments
0: on his, just, it, like pierced to his nipples. The old ladies dress as an elf. <laughs> I would watch a shit out yeah, of this. Yeah, it'd be great. I would love this. This is agreed. Toby Hooper's Ghost. Get it get a hold of us. <laughs> what's another what's another Christmas movie like? What's another I think one we could both agree on. Maybe stay in the eighties a little bit. I don't know if here's yeah. another genre that was mm-hmm, created in the eighties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shane Black Christmas. Oh yes. And of course it starts with Lethal Weapon. Yes, it does. And continues all the way to Iron Man
1: Three. But Shane Black, if you're unfamiliar, super writer, still to this day, big time director. And still maybe his biggest claim to fame, though, is his creation of Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon. Literally, he had a true Hollywood success story. He wrote a spec script that he just wrote himself called Lethal Weapon. And it managed to get into the right hands, and it kept getting bought by different studios and people fighting over it and being like, this is a movie. And then normally that just works out decently financially for the writer and never becomes anything or becomes toys or something terrible way down the line. But it got into the right hands. Richard Donner directed it. It has, don't make me come over there, because I will, Mel Gibson in it. Danny Glover.
0: Do you like Gary, Gary Busey?
1: Yes, in the first one, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Anthony Kiedis's dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing I remember from behind the music whether the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, what, is,
1: what is fear? Oh, I forget. his All of Gary Busey's Buddhist-like acronyms of... I forget, but he has a lot of great ones. But how do you feel about Lethal Weapon? What, do you, or do you, what was the first time you saw Lethal Weapon? I don't know. I'm just curious. If-
0: Lethal Weapon, uh, there's a bunch of movies from the 80s where I started with the sequel first. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. I saw RoboCop 2 first. I saw Aliens first. Mm. I saw Lethal Weapon 2 first.
1: Lethal Weapon 2 is very good.
0: It's very good, but that's the problem. It's not Christmassy, though. It's not Christmassy, but when you start with a toilet exploding out of a house. Yes. And, and of course, Danny Glover going, it's been revoked. And they're straight up shooting some German piece of shit. I think they're South African. South African. They take on the ship. South African yes. government, which yeah. I found very
1: amusing. Yeah. yeah teach you a lesson, yeah. South African government, which they are fascist. Dick, they at are, least yeah. Back then they were. Yeah. Not now. I apologize. <laughs> modern South African government. I don't know what's going on there because I'm from America. So, yeah. No, I I agree. I believe the first shot or the first sequence of the original Lisa Weapon is a woman high on cocaine or high on many drugs. And she's very scared in a hotel room. And there's lots of Christmas lights everywhere in L.A. And she jumps out of a window or is possibly pushed and onto a car and there's a slow motion shot and there's a bunch of Christmas lights and they were full tilt sort of. Shane Black was doing the action Christmas mood setting. Shane Black just did it because he likes Christmas lights, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's not even his movies. I guess they are about family kind of, you know,
0: Getting Over things definitely, the yes. weapon. The main plot of Lethal Weapon is that Mel Gibson's character wants to die. Yes, he's gonna kill he, himself, he's gonna kill himself. And then, in the then nicest the,
1: piece of property where you could put a trailer in the history, yeah, of that, Southern California,
0: <laughs> out of all the limits of uh suspension of, of disbelief, that is the one I will never get past. They do that for three movies. You have know, a beachfront trailer, come uh, on. He's not even wearing a fisherman's outfit. But through the power of Christmas <laughs> yes. and murdering people with guns, he wants to live through the love and brotherhood yes. of Danny Glover. That's
1: right. Of the whole Murtaugh family. Yeah. He becomes part of the Murtaugh family yeah. where he didn't have one. It's also nice. It's like black people, white people, America, getting together, living together by being cops and shooting people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Becoming friends. Yeah. And also doing weird sort of- Three Stooges impressions? Three Stooges impressions
0: before you shoot those people. You know? That's- Because let's face it. If the (laughs) LAPD or anything, they are fun. (laughs) That
1: is 100% true. And they are always willing to accept each other based on different races.
0: Yeah. There's never been a racism problem in Los Angeles. Absolutely, In America. Yeah. (laughs) Never at all. Talking about the Christmas spirit, just disregarding everything that's ever happened. (laughs)
1: But it does have that Shane Black element where everyone's a smart ass. The action sequences are fun. Lisa Weapon, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. If you don't watch it, then, you know, something's wrong with you, I think, possibly. Something happened to you, and you should look into it. I'm going to toss it out because you have to. At this point in America, there is an element of Christmas decor where if you put a sexy lady's leg lamp with a fishnet stocking on it in your window... That is a piece of Christmas decorum. It's not weird because everyone has seen A Christmas Story, the 1983 classic, where one of the things is that the dad gets an award, a special award, a lamp that is shaped like a sexy lady leg wearing a fishnet stocking and a high heel. And the mom destroys it. And it is weird because it, it's sort of much in that way where Hollywood wants to unite all the pieces it is a Christmas film that takes nostalgia for our parents' generation and then combines it in a way for people of our age, but did it in such a classic, awesome way where anyone can watch it at any time. It has that factor like It's a Wonderful Life or White Christmas, where it really doesn't matter what time period, or I'd say like Gremlins or Die Hard. It really doesn't matter. It just works. It works. And do you like A Christmas Story, Nick?
0: I didn't see it until like five years ago, so mm. No. Really, I started watching it before, and I, I wanted that kid to get his ass kicked. I didn't like him at all. I don't fucking care.
1: I think that's the element, though, is that the kid is—that's the kind of the funny bit. He's a Millhouse. Yes, he's a mill. He's also like kind of a sociopath. He's willing to do anything to get this. To, he's obsessed with the weirdest stuff. He wants a rifle, which is the most American thing you could find. Pot- you're willing. You're willing to sacrifice your brother and your own family to get a rifle, and. I appreciate, I did appreciate that. There's there's funny stuff in it that's just classic of being picked on by bullies and your parents being weird and Christmas being this weird thing that you're all obsessed with. Everything means a lot. Christmas is very important. Everything is very important. Christmas is so important. And it, it does, I think, of all of them have a little bit better message where, like, in the end, it really doesn't matter. It's just, like, the journey is the point, not the destination, Nick, okay? Eat, pray, love, all right? Hashtag, you'll shoot your eye out.
0: There we go. I thought you were gonna say hashtag Julia Roberts.
1: <laughs> I would have been fine with that. She actually does not celebrate Christmas. She and Richard Gere on Christmas Eve just keep snapping each other with a ring box over and over again, and then rolling around in a pile of cash. But I had to. Say, you have to say that you know a Christmas story. It's another one of those movies they play nonstop. I don't know which TNT. TNT. Twenty four hours straight. Twenty four hours. You see some white people having white Christmas and not white Christmas. Bing Crosby just. Cocaine. Christian Slater shows up for no reason. <laughs> the Rust Belt before it went down. Christmas. And it's, I enjoy it, but I I admit there are Christmas movies that are better than that. But yeah. it is
0: iconic. It's the 80s. They should remake that and just call it, remember the middle class? <laughs> remember when your parents could afford Christmas? I didn't say anything to you, you fucking <laughs> ass. <laughs> What's, I mean, that What's another one? What's another one on your list? Going back to genres that didn't exist before specifically before 1994 is the pulp fiction genre mm. where you have all these characters and interwining stories and it all comes back together and all this other shit. Yes. There have been so many pulp fiction ripoffs Agreed. since pulp fiction. Yes. My favorite happens to be a Christmas movie. Ooh. Go. Oh, way down the line. <laughs> Cryologically. Yes. Just jumping around. That's okay. We can, can do that, we that now. We went from gremlins to. I know we can do that now. Fuck. We can do that now. Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant, Sarah Polly, the ex Mrs. Tom Cruise, the queen of Scientology herself. Yes. I believe Tay Diggs. I think so. Really
1: great soundtrack. Really good. And um, very fun. You know, I saw Go in the Theater. That was the last time I saw it, I think, though. And I may or may not have forgotten
0: that it was a Christmas movie. (laughs) So I'm glad you brought that up, though. Yeah. I like Timothy Oliphant a lot. It's a good movie. I really, Timothy Oliphant's great in there. Uh, he has a great story where he was on um, Dinner for Five, where he talks about how he brought it up to Doug Lyman that he wanted that tattoo on his neck. And Doug Lyman's like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to do that. So then he just went to the makeup artist and said, hey, Doug said he wants to have this tattoo right here. <laughs> That's so, so they put it on. He showed up for the scene. And Doug Lyman's like, all right, whatever.
1: <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> I appreciate, too, that. Timothy Oliphant is one of those guys where I love him. I genuinely do. I like a lot of his movies. He was just in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood – Uh, Obviously, Deadwood and uh, Santa Clarita Diet. But he is, I have to say this a little bit, one of those guys where I'm like, oh, yeah, you've always been super tall and handsome and really talented. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good for you, Timothy Olaf. Fucking dick.
0: And And in the Christmas spirit, Alex is just blind jealousy and rage is coming out.
1: At least Bill Murray
0: was weird looking. I know. Um, the movie
1: also. I remember when they gave the kids Molly, and it was exactly. the, it was like Tylenol or yeah. something, and they were like smoke more, something. <laughs> smoke more weed, smoke more weed, it'll
0: help. <laughs> also, it was Seth Green in that movie? Mm, I think you're confusing that with Can't Hardly Wait. It's Breck and Meyer. Breck and Meyer. Breck and Meyer yes. is in it. Yes, he uh, plays the uh, the uber white boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then William Fitchner's in this. Mm. Jay Moore's in it. Everybody who was up and
1: coming in yeah. the kind of- Somebody from Party of Five. M- mid-90s. Was it Scott Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, Scott Wolf was in it. Yes. Matthew Fox would still be in Mania. Still is. You can come on the show, Matt. I really love Lost. Uh, uh, we'll talk about your five minutes in World War Z. Yeah, don't get nuts, though. Don't get nuts. <laughs> okay. I like Go a lot. I didn't really process- Is that Does that end, though, Christmassy? I don't remember.
0: Basically, if you get hit by a car twice, mm. the drug dealers will let you go. That's, you know, that's the real spirit that of Christmas. Is the, that is she true. shows up first shift anyway. That's what Jesus said. When More was than a baby. anything, <laughs> I have always had a huge crush on Canadian hero Sarah Polly. Yes. That's the legit reason why I watched the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. I've watched a lot of her movies. They're not all great, but I think she's amazing in all of them. She also turned mm-hmm. into a really good director. I agree.
1: I also really uh, always thought Katie Holmes was a dreamboat for me personally, and I went to see all of her movies, including Disturbing Behavior, which is not a Christmas movie, but she has a sort of element. Even in Go, she seems innocent, but is not. <laughs> it's to the point of possibly being involved in all kinds of weird Scientology stuff. You don't know. She just looks really innocent. Where's the bodies? <laughs> we brought up Scrooge. We'll talk about Scrooge a little bit later. We're not forgetting it. We're, t- we're not forgetting a, like the nine million Christmas Carol elements. That's my personal favorite. Of I know there's like Muppet Christmas Carol with Michael Caine. Yeah, was blow the bloody doors off. So I just genuinely default. I read the Charles Dickens Christmas Carol. I like that a lot. And then for me, I kind of watch Scrooge. There's sort of a weird thing with Christmas Carol. You kind of choose the one that you like and then you sort of ride with well, there's it.
0: There's 50 of them.
1: That's what I'm saying. And for me, it's the Bill Murray classic, The Scrooge. The Scrooge. Also Bobcat Goldthwaite. Oh, yeah. he's
0: great in that? Yes, yes. And um the guy from New York Dolls. Oh, yes. And uh, the cab driver, yeah, David, David Johansson. Joe, yes. When Thank he you saw
1: his mother. <laughs> I love that guy's voice, too. Oh, it's amazing. Yes. He's the ghost of Christmas past, I believe. Yes, he is. Also, 1983, Trading Places. Oh, classic. And truly a Christmas movie. It's the Prince and the Popper combined with a Christmas movie. It's Landis, who will do a Landis episode. Landis really coming into his own. Eddie Murphy coming into his own. It's the best non-Ghostbusters Dan Aykroyd movie, although you can make a little argument for Gross Point Blank. But I I know I like it more. I, I love Gross Point Blank, but Trading uh, Places Trading Places is so good. It's so yeah. classic. And I know there's weird 80s-ness in it, which is almost part of its charm. There's jokes that you could never do now. No, so you, many. You,
0: yes. You can say that about every Landis movie. Yes,
1: that's very also ch-
0: Landis made Animal House, America Wolf in more. London, and then Trading Places. And then Blue- that's a sh-
1: and before that, Blues Brother, yeah. Blues Brothers is in there somewhere. Yeah, he was like, bam, 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 like four back to back. Like he redefined American comedy, just uh, the American landscape of what movies were. Just, uh, and he made the thriller video. I mean, it just all of this stuff, just. For visual art, John Landis just reset the whole thing. And then he helped
0: kill Vic Morrow. Yes. And if he wouldn't have a axed, couple of Vietnamese
1: kids. To be fair, that wasn't really his fault, but it was on his responsibility. Yeah. He
0: was on his uh, watch.
1: Yes, it was on his watch. He didn't make that helicopter crash. He just didn't have the right insurance for it. And he broke a
0: lot of he broke a couple of child labor laws.
1: That is also true. And he trusted the wrong stunt guy to fly the helicopter. Yeah. But he got blamed for it and he got blackballed. And it's very interesting, too, because he was such a iconic director. I mean, he really is. And also his kid's a dickhead.
0: Huge piece of shit. Yeah.
1: But trading places though is amazing. And as a Christmas movie, also this story of the haves and have nots who are then dicked around with the have even mores to fuck each other. But then like by the power of being good to each other, by doing the right thing and backing each other up and you know, that you can win in the stock market and fuck them. That's the story of Christmas, right? Yep. That's right. And then you end up on a beach, and your girlfriend is Jamie Lee Curtis. That's right. That's Christmas. That's how it works. I'm pretty sure. I'm not entirely
0: <laughs> I never celebrated. <laughs> That's how go. I celebrate it. Um, That's how Christopher Guest celebrates
1: it. <laughs> what's uh, what's all over the place? What's another, what's another Christmas movie you like, Nick? Uh, VHS, though. Uh, mm. Well, you're thinking I'll just toss a couple of shouts. Yes, I know. Silent Night, Deadly Night. There were a lot of horror Christmas movies, which is an entirely different genre. Maybe one we'll do next year. Maybe we'll save that of the true horror Christmas movie. But what's one you got?
0: I'm going to go with a little underrated film. Ooh, That's not even very good. Garfield Christmas? Everyone's talking Garfield Christmas. <laughs> I'm going with the Steve Martin movie, Mixed Nuts. Uh-
1: I knew you were going to do this. You love Steve Martin. I
0: do. Yes. If you haven't seen it, it takes place on Christmas Eve where people operating a suicide hotline, (laughs) a guy shows up with a gun and takes them hostage. Yes. It is not very good, but it's very entertaining. Steve Martin's very funny. This is Liev Shriver's first film. Let him live his life. God. Of all the inside jokes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this movie takes place in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. There's just Christmas lights. Yeah. There's no snow. But it has that Christmas feel like we were talking about before. We're like, people are bummed out. People right. aren't feeling good. This this is a Christmas movie about people operating a suicide hotline. <laughs> on Christmas. On Christmas. Where the most suicides yeah. happened. Fun fact. Fun blockbuster
1: facts. fun fact. I will say this. I don't want to cut you off of that, but we are snowy Midwest Christmas. Snowy East Coast Christmas. New York Christmas and sort of Chicago Christmas are kind of iconic movie Christmases, but I will say there is, I have a soft spot for L.A. Christmas because of Hollywood, because it has its own weird charm. It has its own, you're wearing flip-flops and hoodie, and still there are Christmas lights everywhere because it's Hollywood, and there's, you know, glitz and glamour and a lot of lights but I just wanted to bring that up. I do. I like mixed nuts as well. Yeah, you're right, though. it, it It's not like one of those ones. It's definitely a cult Christmas yeah, classic. Yeah, it's not
0: a movie that, like, me and my family like it. But it's not something we're going, you know we should put on? The suicide one. <laughs> like, we all love Steve Martin, but yes. Yeah.
1: It's, uh. this is where I, my customary thing, I rented it on VHS from Blockbuster. And that was the last time I ever saw it. I remember enjoying it. Yeah. But I've not seen it since I would imagine I haven't 1997, seen
0: it. maybe? It was earlier than that. The, no, but when I rented it oh, okay, and yeah. watched it. like Yeah, no, I saw it when it first came out on uh, Showtime. Yes. Because they ran it in like, the middle of the fucking summer because <laughs> nobody cared about that movie. But I haven't seen that movie in like 20 years. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty fair. In terms of other
1: Christmas movies that I enjoy greatly... I'm gonna give a shout to Ernest Saves Christmas. I know Nick is not a big fan of the Ernest films. <laughs> to be fair, they are truly though. Ernest was a character created by an advertising firm, yeah, <laughs> for commercials. He then was put into movies, and so both his Christmas movie and his Halloween movie are ostensibly just Hollywood commercials for buying shit. Yeah. So I kind of hey burn. You don't have insurance. Yep.
0: Merry Christmas. <laughs>
1: There is that element. I also want to give one quick shout. TV special for ALF, the ALF Christmas special, which I recorded off of television onto VHS. If you can find this on YouTube or something, I highly recommend it. ALF is kidnapped by the government and Willie Tanner has to save him in a bizarre sort of bumbling Mr. Magoo-style Christmas movie in which he saves ALF from, I imagine like the dark government, like not even the CIA, the people who would find an alien and Willie Tanner manages to save him. It's pretty phenomenal. And it's not done in the like two camera sitcom way. It's an actual movie where I remember
0: this. Yes. yes. It's,
1: the weirdest else episode
0: ever. <laughs> it really yeah. It's the weirdest. Willie. <laughs> Willie. What's the most on your crumbus list? I'm going to throw out two real fast because Do I don't want to talk about one of them. <laughs> I just want to mention it and then quickly move on and hope yeah. that if people know us, they don't bring it up when they see me. I really liked While You Were Sleeping.
1: You know what? I like While You Were Sleeping. Sandy Bullock is good. Bill Pullman's good. Bill Pullman. Is-
0: Frank Boyle. Yes. Uh,
1: Gallagher's in it too, right? He's the one yeah. who's
0: passed out. Yeah. <laughs> He's a guy with one testicle.
1: It's a great ensemble movie. It is. It's really funny. It's also Chica- It's a Chicago, Chicago movie. It really is. Like, she lives in Logan Square. Yes. And that's a lot of classic 90s Chicago scenes. Yeah, it's- she
0: works for the CTA. She does.
1: And, of course, like, every CTA employee,
0: you know. Looks like Sandra Bullock. And also uses a guy in a coma to their own advantage. That actually is the most Chicago thing about it. <laughs> and then, also, there's a great line in there. The grandma has... Where they go to pour some alcohol. She goes, I don't drink anymore. Like, oh, like, well, I don't drink any less either. <laughs> I All I remember though, the part where her and Bill Pillsman, Bill, Pil,
1: Pil, Pils, Pillsbury, Pilsman, Bill, where her and Lone Star kiss yeah. was disconcerting to me.
0: I remember that. I was like, ooh, I don't. Bill Pullman's face never, like...
1: Never moves. Never moves. It's like like Sandy Bullock kissed a statue.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or just, like, one of the wood tables he made. The other one I want to throw out there is not a good movie. Mm. It's extraordinarily dumb, but I love it. Uh Uh-oh. And also, it has one of the most, like, in-your-face Christmas endings where it's, like, it's about family. Mm. Love each other. You fucked up. You can get over it because... You're Nicolas Cage. He's John Lewis. Oh, Limbus, yes. And you're fucking Dana Carvey. Yes, yes, It's Trapped in Paradise.
1: Yes. I don't think it's that dumb. I I mean, granted, once again, <laughs> I rented it for Blockbuster. I saw it when I was like 12. I really enjoyed
0: it. And I watch it every two years. Really? is yeah. it still stand up? It's as dumb as it used to be. So, I mean, it's not <laughs> getting worse. It's just, it's mildly more offensive now that Dana Carvey's playing somebody with a mental disability who befriends a police officer in a small town who is mentally challenged, and they play that for laughs. Uh, or in the South, they're touched. Yes. <laughs> You're just a little touched. But uh, Nicolas Cage is pretty great in this. He he doesn't go full Nicolas Cage. He does it just enough for the Christmas spirit.
1: Yes, uh, yes. And it has the line where it's... I think it was still back when he was kind of not quite there yet, too, He didn't right? make his comeback. Yeah, he wasn't quite... Um, at even the Rock, or... no, because no,
0: no, like this is ninety four. Yeah, or this is just before that. This then. is right before leaving Las Vegas. Yes, yes. This is before he came back. This yeah. is him screaming at John Lovitz that four lefts is a circle, <laughs> which I've always remembered. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That yeah. stands out to me. And my favorite fact about that movie is there's a ton of snow in it. Yes. They shot it in the you know the summer or the spring or something. Mm. What they used for snow was just instant mashed potatoes. Yes.
1: Which is what they used on Gremlins with oh, like nice. latex,
0: which is why, if you ever notice, the
1: characters kind of never touch any of it because apparently it was extremely sticky. And so they kind of had to position themselves and when Billy is starting his car, the door is wide open to his car, which I understand you have to see him, but also so that the actor never touched any of that. <laughs> like Because it, you would notice it's not snow because yeah. his hand is now stuck to the car and uh, it was basically having to walk around on like glue.
0: Billy, why does your hand look like Michael (laughs) glove.
1: Also, a little fun fact on the uh, photographs on the cover of cereal boxes. It's not milk. It's glue that they use in the cereal box because milk is never that white and never that like doesn't look that good. And uh, so it's like weird glue sculptures on the cover of the pops box.
0: Well, thanks for ruining my fucking childhood. (laughs) No,
1: no. What I'm saying is the proper way to eat pops is with glue. I
0: have to run the store.
1: Yeah. Okay, so speaking of... I think this is a good segue because this is going to be a spoiler alert for my blockbuster wall. I saw the trailer for it. I begged my dad to go see it. Me and my brother both begged my dad to go see it. He was like, I don't care. Fine. I don't care. Fine. I'll go see it. I'll admit, he will admit that he enjoyed it. But for me, it changed my goddamn brain. They did Chris Columbus... And a hero of mine, Mr. John Hughes, a Chicago patron saint artist, a knight of Chicago, took a kid from Uncle Buck, which they had made, and they made a version of Die Hard with children called Home Alone. And if you've never seen Home Alone, then your childhood sucked. And I apologize to you straight up because not only Catherine O'Hara, Joe Pesci, across the board, It works because of the performances. It works because of John Hughes and Christopher Columbus and Culkin and everybody's selling so hard. Everyone sells this movie. It shouldn't work. It shouldn't work. And yet it works in a way that you could show it to anyone at any time. And if they don't at least enjoy it somewhat, they're probably something terrible happened to them. (laughs) I don't. And even then, even then, like what is wrong with you? You're some sort of weird robot. Also, listen, if burglars are trying to get you after your parents went to France and left you there by yourself, cover your floor in micro machines. First step. Okay? First step. Two, just hit him in the head with a paint can. That will actually work. Okay. I remember going to see it with my dad and him enjoying it. But also every time something like a paint can hit Joe Pesci in the head, my dad was like, he's fucking dead
0: now. They <laughs> died like 15 times. Like
1: <laughs> now he's fucking dead. <laughs> Like, and and we're in a crowded theater full of mostly children. My dad's like, yeah, yeah, no, if that—you drop uh, you drop an iron two stories and it hits you right in the head, you're fucking dead.
0: <laughs> and I was like— He blowtorched Joe Pesci's head. His you, skull is open to the world.
1: That's true. If you're amped up on adrenaline, like I got to kill somebody and you get hit in the head with a blowtorch, you could still probably kill. You're, you're going to eventually— If you
0: get hit in the head with a blowtorch, you can. If they blowtorch your skull— <laughs> I you're st- going to have some exposed skull. That's all right. I'm saying.
1: I'm just saying powered by adrenaline and hate, you still may be able to function. If you swing a paint can from a second floor and it swings down like the Ewoks did to the fucking stormtroopers and it hits you square in the face, you're done. Yeah, like, you're dead. <laughs> you're also, either, not, only, at least that, supremely concussed. not like, only
0: that, you're getting hit in the face and then you're flying down mm-hmm. a flight of stairs without touching them. There's
1: so much of that, too. Like, that stunt that they did in that, they call that now, in the stunt world, the Home Alone, like, where the stunt guys would just straight up, shoot their feet straight up in the air and drop themselves back onto their shoulders, which, if you're doing it precisely, it's fine, but... Nobody had ever done straight-up cartoon stunts in a movie where most of the movie was not cartoon stunts. And then to do it with all the set, everything came together. Everything came together, and I believe it is still like the second-highest-grossing movie of the 90s after Titanic or something insane like that. It's, I know, double-check me on that, but it's up there. It made like $500 million. It went crazy. They even made a joke about it in... Dogma, You know, where God is saying, I was responsible for, you know, 99 of the top 100 grossing movies of all time. What was the other one? That movie where the kid is, ah, and then the burglars. I don't know what the hell that was. I mean, it just, it's- Number eight. F- number eight of the 90s? Okay, well, fair. Still, you knew I was going to gush about this. I I love Kevin McAllister. I genuinely- He's as a, a little prick. He, but- He's kind of not, though. He takes care of the house. He doesn't fuck anything up. He was a prick at the beginning, and then all the stuff you thought he would do, when forced to actually have responsibility, he doesn't do. He just wants his family back. He just wanted his family to not be dicks to him. And honestly, I sort of, like, that element of, like, relating with that, like, I don't,
0: there's... Alex, what are you really upset about?
1: <laughs> I just, I
0: I just wanted Joe Pesci to get hit in the head with a flamethrower. And it happened. Okay. Here's a little Mm -hmm. rationale to end that movie in like 45 minutes Mm -hmm. call 911 no but see that's why it's so genius like when
1: you watch that there's all kinds of goofy things that happen it has that one suspension of disbelief it has the Christmas magic that it begins where the family leaves without him but then a storm comes in and knocks out all the phone lines and so yes that is preposterous but they put that conceit in there and also he's Kevin McAllister his character he won't allow himself to do this this is his house and he's not allowing anybody else to do this John McLean should have just found an escape exit and gotten out and letting the SWAT team come in and murder these guys. That's what he should have done. But that's not what John McClane did, and that's not what Kevin McAllister did. And I'm sorry, that's a lamer movie. (laughs) And also, it's not the power of Christmas. He's powered by the spirit of Krimbus.
0: Okay. All
1: right. well, uh, Nick, do you have a a movie that shaped you
0: Christmas-wise? I do. Ooh. I rarely mention this, director. Ooh. Because he turned into a giant hack. (laughs) As a lot of them do. As a lot of them do. <laughs> Before money and having sex with hot Hollywood actresses ruined him, <laughs> he made Batman Returns. Oh, yes. Tim Burton's best Christmas yes. movie. I think that movie sort of set up like the whole like Chris and Roland movies. This is a lot darker than the first Batman movie. Yes. A lot of innuendo, <laughs> specifically with Danny DeVio's Penguin yes. talking about Catwoman. Also, I would toss out the emergence of Danny DeVito's second half of his
1: career, really.
0: Yeah, as, as a, a total psychopath.
1: As all kinds of things, whatever he wants to be. He can be anything. He is one of America's greatest actors. He is, I mean, not anything, I suppose, but yeah. but can play. He can't play a basketball player. That is probably true, although I would watch that movie. So That's would it. I. Danny DeVito, call us. <laughs> yes. I also saw Batman Returns in the theater. So did I. At the time, I was slightly disappointed because I was a kid and it was just so much more burtony, so much more bananas than the first one. But in retrospect now watching it recently, man, it's so wild and he really took that money
0: and spent it on practical effects yeah. and
1: crazy
0: shit. I uh, I really enjoyed it as a kid, I enjoy mm-hmm. it now. You got Paul Rubens' is, is dad, mm-hmm. you got a lot of people on fire. Michelle Pfeiffer. Shell Pfeiffer. You have Christopher Walken as yes. Max Shrek. Max Shrek is such a great villain yes. that I've had nightmares about him. Yes. Where he was running for the mayor of Chicago. Ooh. It was insane. And then Rom became the mayor. I know. Oh, and then some, I always wow. like to say sometimes <laughs> dreams turn to nightmares, but also some nightmares would be a dream.
1: They do. <laughs> It's true. Also, when he shoots Michelle Pfeiffer and she counts off her nine lives. I know it sounds weird. And then she takes the taser and puts his face up against hers and kiss kills him. It's such a bizarro. This
0: is a a bizarre movie. It really is. You got um, Danny DeVito out here doing the Bible's work, going out to kill all the firstborns. Yes, yes. And then he takes over the Batmobile. Michael Keaton's really good in this. He has his own penguin mobile that's a giant duck. Yeah. (laughs) Also Batman gets kind of sassy with Alfred in mm-hmm. this. It's hilarious. Also oh. Michael Keaton
1: allow like the mask gets torn off him at the end which always was very jarring to me but the revealing of him because it's kind of a Christmas movie it has this sort of he has to redeem. Oh, it's, a,
0: it's a total Christmas movie. Yes. The whole yes. relationship with Michelle Pfeiffer and them revealing that they know each other mm-hmm. is because of the mistletoe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no that movie
0: is it sticks in your head. Yeah. Even if you even if you don't like superhero movies. Also, the circus gang terrifying. Terrifying. They're driving around with motorcycles with giant skulls and, and shit. And they and got Christmas the circus lights. freaks. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. And also awesome. Yeah. I
1: would toss this out there because it's kind of a hybrid, a nightmare before Christmas. And I know he Tim Burton only produced <laughs> it. Uh he did not actually direct it, but it's a Tim Burton film and has the very German expressionist slash Hollywood 50s style that is the at one point the burton sort of trademark not shitty non-stop yeah. cgi
0: we'll call it the uh, pew pre-edwood <laughs>
1: yes oh yes edwood being the when i we'll save that for our tim burton episode yeah. cuz that'll be fun no i i agree um i have just a few that i want to toss out before we get to the blockbuster wall does super producer Brian Upson have anything he wants to toss? Edward Scissorhands is a Christmas movie. Edward, Scissor- like I said, I think we should save that for Tim Burton. I know those are Christmas movies, but I think because we were talking about Batman Returns, those same sort of tropes are in there that Burton loves. Those high minded ideals in his German expressionism of family and redemption that are very Christmassy already. Yeah. They're already sort of implanted in his. But it's what Beetlejuice is. It's not a Christmas movie, but it it has those elements of like family and things like that. All these great Tim Burton movies are about family and finding family and these kinds of things. Kind of the only one, though, and I know everyone's going to be mad because there's like nine billion Christmas movies and we didn't mention we didn't mention the ref because I don't care. Um, fuck Dennis Leary. <laughs> yeah, fuck Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Um, but although American Beauty is still a good movie, I'm sorry, but I have to toss out, and you know it, I just have to say it a little bit. But you have to get the Turbo Man. I have to find the Turbo Man because you have to jingle all the way in the, in the classic view. Arnold needed to make.
0: <laughs> I honestly forgot what the movie.
1: <laughs> I won't let you. I won't let it happen. Yeah, I won't. That's, that's on the agenda. Yes, I won't let it occur. I won't let it escape from this world. And yes, Home Loan Two is crap. It is a cash grab. The Talkboy is cool. It has Donald Trump in it, so fuck it. But it doesn't make any sense. And all the things that Home Alone made sense in, it doesn't make any sense in Home Alone 2. No. And uh, Jingle All The Way, I know we brought up in the Arnold one, but if you're a true Arnold connoisseur and you just want something fun to watch on Christmas, I'm saying Phil Hartman, isn't it? Sinbad. Anakin,
0: Jake Floyd, <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. How dare you trying Jake that movie. back into our episodes? <laughs> I got the two.
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger can't say Turbo Man. He has to say, Turbo Man.
0: <laughs> I got you a turban, Mom. <laughs> the tub. you do want the- I'm just a regular minister a
1: dad. He's a goddamn toy. So <laughs> I had to bring it in. It's one of my classics. Also, I want to bring, just for a second, it's something Nick has been involved in, Brian has been involved in this, but you know, every year we try to have a party, some of our friends, called The Erection, where we erect a Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving, and we normally watch something stupid like... Jingle all the way. George Lucas made something after the original, because he was contractually obligated by CBS to make something called the Star Wars Holiday Special about Life Day on Kashayak, the Wookiee home planet. And it is the most insane Coke-filled bunch of garbage that has ever made. And the quote for it from George Lucas is, if I could hunt down every bootleg copy of that and smash it with a hammer and I had enough time and effort and money to do so, I would do it personally. And I (laughs) that should just tell you something about the star Wars holiday special. It is the first appearance of Boba Fett. But after that, it's kind of fun to watch mm. Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill be high on cocaine. Other than that, I don't know. So I, we
0: have that to blame for The Mandalorian.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. The Mandalorian, in my opinion, is basically just the equivalent of Life Day. I know the Star Wars nerds are going to be mad at me. Anyways. All right. Let's 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 do it, baby. It's time. It is time for a new segment. Something we've never done before, which is the blockbuster dumpster. Yep. It's not even the discount bin. This is straight nope, up in the straight. fucking dumpster.
0: If you want it, get the bag out of the back. <laughs> These textbooks are coming out of circulation. They're outdated and are unnecessary. <laughs> What's going on in your blockbuster dumpster, Nick? <sighs> I'm going to mention two real fast. Do it. I'm going to mention one real fast because it's obvious. And then one that I think is a under-hated movie, yes. which is something we never talk about. Ooh, under-hated. Ooh. So first, obviously, Love Actually, oh, the movie yes. about the most miserable fucking British people Ever trash. Second though, this movie <laughs> creepy too. When fucking Rick from fucking Walking Dead
1: has the thing and he brings the cards and everyone likes that scene. Yeah, no, that was like terrifying. It's weird. That's stalker shit. Also,
0: her. It's like just the f- his best friends watching TV. Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> the movie I want to talk about stars: mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker, Rachel yeah. McAdams, mm-hmm. Diane Keaton, Dermot Mulroney, Luke Wilson, Claire Danes, Craig T. Nelson. Is this I'll Be Home from Christmas, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie that's uh, Brian Tepst's favorite movie? No, I <laughs> wish. This is something far worse. This is a movie called The Family Stone. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh Yeah. Oh, I felt physical pain when you said it. Yeah, I
0: saw it. This movie... I saw it. This... <laughs> this movie... It's dumb. It doesn't feel real. Yeah. It's extremely stupid. It has that trope where it's like you have a beautiful woman, but she's clumsy. So Claire Danes falls off a fucking bus. <laughs> it's like Julian Moore in fucking Evolution. It's like I'm a brilliant female scientist, but I can't walk straight in sneakers. <laughs> so first of all, yeah. you have that. You have all this shit. Comedy you have, gold. You have like this f- bullshit, like August Osage County shit, uh. where it's like. Except it doesn't work because yeah. this isn't written by Tracy Letts. Yes, this is written by some asshole. <laughs> so then, like, and they also have a scene where they're like using breast cancer as like a plot device where they uh Keaton opens her thing and she has yeah. no breasts, and Craig T. Nelson's like rubbing her chest there. It's like this is the most awkward sex scene since Kathy Bates fucked Jack Nicholson in the hot tub. But here's the thing here's the thing that I fucking hate the most about this. Yeah, at the end of this. The two brothers, Dermot Maroney and Luke Wilson, they swap girlfriends, and everybody just acts like it's normal. Like, they show up, and it's like, I like your brother. I like your brother. Ooh. And then that's just that. That's the Christmas spirit? You just switch brothers? What the fuck is that? It's like a Mormon Christmas. Yeah, Yes. guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, because I i had literally blocked that movie out of my head. I its did. It's existence. Until,
0: this is why this show... Is as good as it is, and why I hate my life even more because of <laughs> research. Yes, true. I forgot that movie existed till I don't want to say three hours ago, but that's when <laughs> I did the research. So. That's fair.
1: That's fair. I'm gonna do two quick hits on my Blockbuster Dumpster. The first one is not the worst, but the Tim Allen Santa Claus is ostensibly just a weird version of Galaxy Quest with Santa Claus and once again Tim Allen. Yeah, but lamer and it's okay, but it's stupid, and I hate it. And I got sequels. Uh, it's terrible. I'm sorry. Three.
0: It's oh. a trilogy.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Having Santa as some sort of weird sci-fi thing always, I don't know, kind of f- freaks me out a little bit. I, it just something about it is disconcerting. You're already, you're, you're already taking something that is about the purity and. The idea of giving, the idea of being kind and generous and turning it into the already turning it into something corporate and money making. You now have to like personify that to prove its existence and take control of it. Like you're taking a demigod into our world to murder him there. So he no longer exists. Last action hero. (laughs) Kind of a little bit. And uh, what are you talking about? (laughs) Though also I love him. We both love him. We just mentioned one of our favorites that he's in. I love Michael Keaton. I do. Yeah. He is one of my favorite actors. He's one of the greatest actors in the history of Hollywood. He was he in a movie- downfall. <laughs> he, had a, he had a moment movies. of weakness. Yeah. I like to imagine that Hollywood showed up and they had guns that shot money at him. And they were just shooting cash all over him. And finally, he just got all giddy. It was like, <laughs> and then he woke up and they had filmed Jack Frost, right? He's like, "What did I do? What have I done? What have I done?" Yeah, that's Jack Frost. Jack Frost is a movie about a dad who dies while being a negligent dickhead in a bar
0: band, and then comes back as a snowman. Snowman to teach his kid how to play hockey
1: and freak out everybody in the town. Yeah, and everyone's cool with it. And then he doesn't even say hello
0: to his wife. It's terrifying. Henry Rollins is in this movie, uh, so you know it's bad. It is. Oh, real fast though. I just remember mm -hmm, this. Yeah, I remember because I'm i I'm this fucking dipshit. I used to watch Dennis Miller live. <laughs> of course you did. But Michael Keaton was on, yes. and he was promoting this movie, and he was hilarious. Yeah. And then they had to talk about the movie, yeah. and he explains the plot, and then Dennis Miller goes... Really? He goes, yeah, I don't know. You know I made it. It's like, I'm here for it. You just, that's the movie. You that's know. the movie, man. He couldn't, he couldn't defend it. He didn't want to talk about it. He just knew he got paid, and he had to go on to something else. This
1: goes with my cash gun blackout theory. Yeah, it does. This, it works. This adds to it. He doesn't remember. He doesn't know what it is. His pockets are full of money. His bank account is money crazy. Is full of pockets. What's happening? I'm rich now. Whatever. Anyways, let's go into what you all came for. And also, we've kind of done it so the Royal Blockbuster Film Wall. I think we can do five because we'll go through them quick. We already talked about. I it. talked about all mine except for number five. Ooh, what? Is, oh, I like this. What's your number five?
0: Um, I didn't like this movie as much as I did until I found out how much our friend Aaron Rose likes it, and mm-hmm. I rewatched it knowing that you know it's Elf. <laughs> it's Elf. <laughs> I think the last half hour of it. Yes. The last act. The endings. Pretty bad, but so much good stuff in so it. So much good stuff in it. Will Ferrell's this is like peak Will Ferrell. Yeah, everybody, all the supporting actors are good. James mm. Kahn's in this, Zoe Deschanel's Dinklage. in this Dinklage, Dinklage. Yes, this movie's very funny. And also, uh, a line I've picked up just from memes in the last few years mm. it's like, How was your day? Well, I saw a dog, it was great. <laughs> like, I love you, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for ruining Christmas and sticking 12 chocolate chip cookies in the VCR.
1: Also, at the peak of Will Ferrell, him kind of changing his game, doing something different, not the normal Will Ferrell, not doing necessarily the old school character, like doing something different. And and also uh, Bob Newhart, but the head of main Disney programming and one of the Marvel heads, Favreau, Favreau. Yeah, Like everyone loves to forget that Favreau is one of the best and most powerful film directors in the history of time. Cause he's so unassuming, but he is hes so money. He doesn't even know it. He's having sex with Peter Parker's hot aunt. Okay. That's happening. All right. I love elf. I appreciate that. My five, I'll put white Christmas there. I love white Christmas. Honestly, the Danny Kaye sequence where they do the modern dance one is I defy you to watch it and not laugh. It is timeless. It is timelessly hilarious. I love White Christmas, and for a movie that came out in the 60s in an era where it should be real weird, it should have lots of stuff that doesn't work, it is weird to women and minorities and lots of other people, it kind of doesn't. It kind of is a Christmas classic, and the music is good, and the dancing is good, and, and the story is good, the writing is good. I like it. I like it a lot, and it's a great time capsule to another era that none of us remember. So
0: what's your four? My Four actually is another movie I didn't bring up Mm. because I feel like it's time to bring back A Shame Black Christmas. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Ooh. Val Kilmer. Oh, yeah. Val Kilmer downing it and his protection back up from whatever the hell he was doing. Pretty sure he was just called heroin. Right. And then It was like that and Zodiac right around the same time. Yeah, exactly. I think it was the
1: same year. And then Favreau was like, you should be Iron Man. Yeah. And then I don't know if you guys have seen these movies where he's Iron Man. But he's he's iron. He's he's Tony Stark.
0: Yeah, that's when he's in all the Black Sabbath movies. That's right. He plays Tony Iommi. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that movie. So too. would I. <laughs> but yeah, Kiss His Bang Aim. It's great noir. It's a great uh, comedy. Mm. Great fucking Christmas movie. The movie. Oh, his backstory that he's explaining is involves him breaking into a toy store to get a toy for his nephew and the cops show up and he runs into <laughs> an audition after his partner gets shot and he wins a role and goes to LA. He's there on accident. Yes. He's doing the Christmas thing. He runs into Gay Perry, <sighs> which is Gay, Perry. gay you know, Perry. it's just a good movie and there's a lot of good one-liners in it and there's also just that scene where <laughs> he's so inept. Mm-hmm. He's such a jackass. He loses his fingers twice and then... He pulls out the gun to do the whole uh, Russian roulette thing, but he puts a live round in it, and he just shoots the guy in the head. <laughs> it, is a, it's, it is insane. Yeah. Shane Black. There's also Shane Black coming back, too. Yes, it is. Shane Black hadn't done anything in a Had long done time. in a while. He, after
1: Last Boy Scout, which we'll talk about on our Shane Black episode. But, yes. Why I- cry and just <laughs>
0: throw things? Yes,
1: but, yes, I agree. Um, a lot of my movies I, I have mentioned before. I want to give one just real quick shout-out to The Preacher's Wife. I don't know if it's in my top five. I just forgot to mention. I always liked that movie, Denzel Washington. It is saccharine as hell, but it's pretty funny and pretty insane. And you get to watch Denzel be really funny, which you don't normally get to see because he's doing training day. He's and
0: hilarious in training
1: he, day. He, he, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> he's hilarious yeah. in uh, flights. Like, he is. He's, but you get to watch him be like— I'm drunk right now. <laughs> you get to watch him be truly, like, leading man, funny— Tom Hanksy sort of, uh, Denzel Washington, but um, my four. I'm, I'm putting I'm doing, I, I know you might think it's higher because I say, Welcome to the party, pal, every day of my life. I can't stop it now, but I love Die Hard, and it's, it's my four. It's one of the coolest action movies ever made, it's one of the most interesting movies ever made. You just need to see Die Hard. I mean, Jesus, what do you yeah. do for Jesus, for baby Jesus? You need to see John McClane kill some dudes.
0: Or maybe just do it for yourself.
1: Yeah, I guess. That's the only way.
0: I mean, I know it's a Christmas episode. We're going to yes. bring Jesus into it.
1: <laughs> That's true. So what's your three?
0: Uh, the last three are all movies mentioned. Yes. And number three, fuck it. It's Scrooge, man. Yeah, baby. It's so good.
1: You know what? I'm just going to say my three is Scrooge. Yeah. My three is Scrooge. so we're simpatico on that. Yeah. I. It's iconic. It works on so many levels. Marion from Karen Allen? Karen I'm saying, yeah, like, you know, Indiana Jones, Marion, Ravenswood, Karen Allen is awesome. No matter how cold you are inside of your heart, i I defy you to watch that movie and that sort yeah. of melt a little bit. Like
0: also we finally get to see Bill Murray's Richard Burton impression. <laughs> I swear, I swear,
1: I swear, I swear. Oh, Dick, why would, and also the element of that him as a modern Scrooge, a true modern yeah. Scrooge, a true modern corporate dickhead, that idea of flying in the face of all these corporate movies and being that guy with the corporate programming and the night, deadly night, all these hilarious oh, yeah, yeah. promos, so much of it works. Robert Goulet. Oh, Robert Goulet. There's so. much Christmas. Do yourself favor. Watch Scrooge. Watch yeah. it. Watch it. Watch it this Christmas. Do it. Uh, what's your two?
0: Christmas vacation.
1: Oh, uh, it's not in my top five, but I do I do enjoy it a lot. It's shitter was full. I like that I like that the sun is always played by a different actor. Yeah. Also, that's uh, uh what's her face is the daughter in this Juliet one. Lewis. Juliet Lewis. Juliette Lewis, yes. She's great. She is great. Uh still Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah. It's,
0: it's basically just every vacation movie is just Beverly D'Angelo and Chevy Chase. And Chevy Chase. Yeah. And that's what kind and of the son in this one is that dipshit from um Big Bang Theory. Who was on Roseanne? Yes, it is him. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, he is very wealthy now. I know whoever that guy is, and I can't remember his name. But it's okay; he just he can cry himself to sleep on his pile of money, just like Seinfeld does every night.
0: Seinfeld's never cried a day in his life.
1: <laughs> no, he has. Yes, and Seinfeld isn't capable of crying, even when he almost cried talking to Shandling before he died. Yeah. He still couldn't do it. He like just. Looked What's out. the
0: deal with you dying?
1: <laughs> Look at my sneakers. <laughs> This car's worth half a million dollars. Yeah, Christmas Vacation. It's one of those ones, too, where I feel like across all groups of people, you could show people that and someone will find... You will find something at Christmas Vacation. My two is... I already said it. Like, Buzz, your girlfriend. (laughs) Woof. Which I have to bring up. The picture of Buzz's girlfriend in Home Alone, it is not an actual woman. It is one of the PAs that literally Chris Columbus and... John Hughes felt bad about the idea of forcing any woman to have that picture, and so they literally just made a dude like one of the like twenty-year-old PAs. They're like, "Put this wig on," and so I just wanted to bring that story up. That's great, yeah. I like. We thought that was shitty, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's funnier if you make a PA do it. I love Home Alone. I'm sorry, and uh, I will tell you this: if you have any rambunctious children who you're trying to get to shut up for an hour and a half, just sit them down and make them watch Home Alone, they will shut up. They will, especially for the last 30 minutes of that where it turns into die hard with children. Um, I'm going to bite your little fingers off. I'm gonna bite each one off. Um, so, what is your number one Christmas movie?
0: My number one Christmas movie, I got to see for the first time. In, well, I saw it at Logan. Mm. But two years ago, I saw it at the Music Box on 35 mm it looked gorgeous. It looked better than I'd ever seen it before. With cinematography by Jan de Bont. Oh, this I know movie this is. is perfect yes. in every way. The acting, the writing, the cinematography, the directing, the camera movements. The fucking asshole principal from The Breakfast Club yeah. as the doofus cop. Mm-hmm. And then our boy Rick Dukamen is the power guy. Mm-hmm. It's fucking diehard. It's fucking diehard, baby. Like, absolutely. it's
1: It's great. It's to Common. I forgot for a second yeah. about to Common. R.I.P. Shut it down. Shut it down now. Just so you guys know, we're gonna do a Rick Common episode. I don't even know if there are that many movies. It should be 30 minutes. Nah. It's a mini episode. Nah. I can, we could talk about the burbs for <laughs> a solid 30 minutes and like check. Die Hard. Ceno Man. I, dude, there's so much good like character Rick Common. So, which uh Little Monsters. But what's the Shane Black where he's the guy with the... Last Boy Scout. It's the last Boy Scout. He's the best part of Last Boy Scout. I know. He's in it for 30 seconds. It's my pool, asshole. My number one. And then the gremlins start to appear and they start to come out and suddenly they're wearing page boy hats. It doesn't make any sense. They suddenly have sunglasses and no jazz. It doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's awesome. It somehow works. It's transcendent. I watched it last night. I will show gremlins to anyone who will watch it. We'll talk about it in the Joe Dante one. Agnosium. But it is my favorite. Christmas movie. I will watch Gremlins anytime, anywhere, but particularly during the Christmas season. So I think that's it. I think yeah. That's it. Um, do you have any other Christmas thoughts for the blockbuster film school student body?
0: If you want to make your Christmas party or your gift exchange a little more exciting, stick a live mouse trap <laughs> in your stocking. <laughs>
1: It's also fair, and uh, if you really want to piss off your dad, I'm telling you that micro machine trick does kind of work. <laughs> they don't go down as hard, but your dad will slip.
0: Your dad would. <laughs> I don't know what He's you're talking six, about. Seven.
1: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I think also Joe Bonner started to have like a existential crisis while he watched that because he was like, "Oh no!" He looked well, over. My kids rented. are gonna kill me. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! Well, hey everybody, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, Yuletide, Kwanzaa, whatever you are into this holiday season. Season's greetings. Season's greetings. Happy holiday. Happy holidays. And uh, we will be back next week with another fabulous episode of blackwood Film School. I want to thank uh, Brian Tepps, super producer Brian Teps. I want to thank uh, Nicholas Sauter and his parents for having sex and making him, creating him. And uh, my parents as well. Great job. You did it. Until we come back,
0: don't forget to like, subscribe, and <laughs> yes. leave us a review. Or whatever the hell all that shit is that Alex is always correct. says. I don't yeah, pay attention. Yeah, yeah, like like us
1: on all the podcast stuff. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram. I'm uh, Bonzo with three N's, uh, Sleepy Menthol, Transient 2. is Super producer Brian Tepps, if you want to check us out on Instagram. Who's Transient 1? C3PO. <laughs> It's George Lucas. He's <laughs> holding that. Don't you dare take transient
0: one. It's me. Well, thanks, everybody. Mary Krumbus, and we will see you in one week.